This is the Galaxy Wars Podcast with your host, The Grays. Greetings and welcome back to the Galaxy Wars Podcast. We are your host, The Grays. And in this episode, we are diving into fan theories. And just like our galaxy, the world of sci-fi, we've only explored a little bit of it. And the internet is a dark place, and you can find (laughs) so many different fan theories involving your favorite characters and your least favorite characters of all your favorite franchises. But Tom and I have some really great fan theories. Mine are more Star Wars, and Tom's covering the rest of the constellations. (laughs) So let's let's go into first. You're a theorizer or a theorist, right? Yeah. You you seem like a man who's well educated in the in the world of theories. Yeah, I. Uh, they're probably one of my favorite parts of um, not just science fiction of anything. Uh, actually, one of my favorite fan theories that I've read articles on is not really science fiction, but so I'm actually going to include that later. But. Uh, yeah, I love reading about them. I love watching videos on them. And the thing is, it's like, there's a lot of research in these fan theories. Yeah. It's not just something somebody threw together. It's something like, I don't have the memory to watch a movie, catch a thing, write it down, yeah. watch another movie, catch another thing, and accumulate all this, like, you know. It's like a dissertation yeah. for some people. Like, they, I, when I was researching it, I went to Reddit, and I went to tumblers and i just right. searched fan theories and i was like oh it's like this is sending me to a rabbit hole there's a thing called the negroni theory and that's the pixar the re, all the related movie oh, yeah, what- is all one related universe and the negroni theory is maybe 25 pages long yeah I- that he wrote and like accumulated all these like and he gets in such well, you know, that's one of my theories I had on this, but so you can look it up anyway. Because I'm not going to even touch on how deep We can talk theory. about it right now. Let's go into it. Uh, well, then, yeah, I think it's the Negroni theory, but... That's um, where, like, everything just happens in the same collective universe. Yeah, it's not... The timeline is not when the movies came out. The timeline is... It starts... Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of connecting pieces in yeah. each, each... Like, Easter eggs, we call them now, but... You know, they have the A13, which is in everything. Yeah. But then you... Well, that's the studio. But also, like, when... Isn't there, like, Monsters, Inc. characters in Toy Story, like a doll or something like that, or in Cars? And this is where it all started, was the Easter eggs. But then people, this guy, John Negroni, said, there's also, like, a theme to it. And it's, like, who... If you unravel it and you look at it a different way and you have a timeline that expands like 3,000 years, you could place the movies on that timeline and it makes sense to that point. Like, you know, after uh, Cars mm-hmm. is when... You don't see any humans in Cars. Yeah, my least favorite franchise. Well, yeah. Yeah. But... Because I live that life. I drive <laughs> one. So you don't see any humans. So that's like after the humans have died off. Okay. Through, and that's after... So post Wally. Yeah. Okay. So that's what's happened is it's post Wally. Even though they came out that like I you know cars came out way before, this takes place on the timeline after Wally, after the humans have left the Earth, and then after cars, after everything, all mechanical things shut down, you have the Bugs Life, which came yeah. out way before everything. Yeah, it came out, out like ninety five. But there's no humans, but these bugs have risen up the evolutionary yeah. ladder to talk to each other, and so you kind of get the idea of what's going on, and then like. So would it start with like the good dinosaur, with yeah, the dinosaur well, and Og, or I think that was yeah. his, that kid's name. So it would go yeah. probably what good dinosaur into, I don't know, into Monsters Inc. where they're scaring kids, and then the, they they end up going to scare Andy or right. Sid, and then Toy Story's brought in. Yeah, and, and then like well, Toy Story had a lot of stuff. They were noticing a lot of things with Toy Story, like that that included other movies. Yeah. and and, and as it we go along they keep bringing more and more and more yeah. movies into it and i think studios eventually when a fan theory gets it like another one we'll talk about when a fan theory gets enough cred yeah they embrace it and they start like interjecting and now yeah. do you think that that's a move to like satisfy the fans or just to get this guy's head like so swollen that like he puts tinfoil all over his yeah. windows and he's just got a spider web of yeah articles. he's got he's got the, the the string tied from yeah i'm like, not gonna call him crazy but it sounds kind of crazy 
and it the videos are they're not short and the articles are never short because every revision to the article you have to cover you know what are we at 20 movies yeah <laughs> so yeah the only one that i i don't know how it, well i guess it can, it can fit in is up uh like where does that fit in you know what they just i had the timeline up and i i but they did fit it in it, the thing well and i love Pixar the thing movies. about i'm glad it's if it's connected then that makes the me thing happy. about up is it it's only five years in the movie from one point to another point. Yeah. Or they assume it's only five years, but it's doesn't have the like ran like you know what's going on. But what it does include is the the corporation that wants to buy his house is okay. the same corporation that's in Wally. Okay, that owns everything. All right, and, and has the big ships and everything. So that corporate, I think it's BFL or something like that. Whatever the corporation is that's taking everything over is the same corporation that's in everything else. And, like, eventually, like, I think it sells cars, tires, or something like that. So, so Russell could probably be the last human before well, before the, the world implodes and cars take over. Yeah, maybe. And he, he turns into Mater. <laughs> and uh, I think Bookend is the, uh, the witch from Brave. Okay. Is... Uh, She's also like a crazy or in her in her the witch from Brave in her hovel, like her little hut, yeah, has pictures of uh the the guys from Monsters Inc. Okay, so maybe okay, so good dinosaur into Brave because that was set yeah. in medieval times. So good dinosaur, Brave, Monsters Inc., maybe Toy yeah. Story, Inside Out, yeah, because maybe they're classmates, yeah, maybe she moves into Andy's school, then we'll go up. Then we'll go cars. No, Wally. Then cars. Then a bug's life. Uh, yeah, if I that's think how a bug's life is the end. Uh, yeah, I think the bug's life is the the end. I'm just glad Frozen's not Pixar, because I wouldn't <laughs> want to put that in any connective universe. Now, okay, so if Pixar's connected, Marvel's connected. Star Wars is connected. Are yeah. we thinking like the whole Disney princess universe is connected some, as well? Yeah, Should it be? Yeah. And yeah. to the man that, okay, here's the timeline for the Pixar timeline. 65 million years ago, the good dinosaur. Okay. And I'm just going to give you times. So I'm not going to get into the storyline where it falls into the story. Okay. 10th century is brave. Okay. Two for two. 1950s to the 60s is The Incredibles. Oh, I keep forgetting about that. And the next Incredibles will be right after that. Yeah, because it's only like a day later. Yep. 95 to 96 is Toy Story. Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3 is probably 20 years later than yeah. that. Uh, 2003, 2004 is Finding Nemo and Finding Dory because they run close to each other. Okay. Ratatouille in 2007, we start to see the animals. We forgot all the animal ones. Yeah. Uh, Toy Story 3 in 2007. Okay. okay. Uh, up, uh, the, the, the BNL. The, that's you see the logo all on everything. So you see that the, this is where the corporations start taking over everything. Inside Out is in 2015. Okay. Uh, oh, so maybe Russell and the girl from Inside Out are classmates in San Francisco. Uh, so part two. Now this actually this is updated because it includes Coco. Okay. Uh, doesn't give you a, a date for Coco, but it is. After 2015, before 2057. Okay. Because Wally takes place 2057 to 2110, because he's on the, the planet for like 53 years, yeah. I think it even says. God, it. that movie's terrible. Really? I hate Wally. I liked Wally. We'll, we'll do an episode on Wally. Yeah, we, I, I actually really liked Wally. Yeah, it's probably, right. my, probably my least favorite. The prologue to Wally, the part where he's scooting around, is 20, 2057 to 2010. Okay. Uh,. Cars takes place twenty one ten to two twenty eight oh four. That whole timeline. So, and then, then uh, a bug's life. Well, no, then it, then actual Wally in twenty eight oh five. Okay, is when they're on the ship. Then a bug's life in twenty eight ninety eight. Well, these bugs have evolved. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Through whatever means, Monsters University and Monsters Inc. in thirty one hundred to fifty two oh one. Okay, so we reintroduce the the humans again. Well, yeah, through some reason, well, but humans aren't really that prevalent, so you have the monsters taking over. That's yeah. the uni- we live in the monsters universe, and then humans are, so they, they're they using the idea that they actually go back in time. 
Okay. Through the doorways. So like another dimension, maybe. Yeah. Or time travel, like you said. Yeah. Okay. 5101 is the epilogue to Monsters, Inc., and that's where you see the witch from Brave come back into it. Wow. So that's the timeline for the Negroni theory. Now, is Negroni still alive? I don't know. I would like... he's passing this one to his kids? I would like to talk to this man. Because that's intense. I want to know what goes behind it. Like, I... I was thinking of a fan theory for the whole week for this topic, <laughs> and I came up with zilch. I came up with one, but nothing like a timeline where uh, it's from. Yeah. Oh my god! Like that's got to be a lot his, of work. Yeah. His uh, the Pixar, it's the Pixar theory timeline or the Pixar theory is better, but it's by John Negroni, N E G R O N I, and uh, it's pretty in depth. And it, this is just the you know this is his timeline. There's actually pages of story that go along and then they're like he uses uh clips from the movies like he uses screenshots to show you like how the they easter eggs and yeah. everything so and it's pretty it's it's deep it sounds like a challenge okay hold on check out the book there's a book of it yeah seems there is oh my i'm i'm thinking well yeah. over 500 pages probably a thousand pages yeah i don't know but it sounds like this theory sounds like a challenge to me for someone like me who's going to go back and now I'm going to watch it in order. Yeah, now you want to go through his head and, and watch it. And he's a young man. I mean, he yeah. wrote it in 2012, so so he should be still alive. Yeah, theoretically. He, and he doesn't. He wrote. He, it got published in 2015, so he's still behind on a lot of it. I just don't think you should do the book because you're missing every year they put out a Pixar movie. So yeah, that's true. And it seems like every year we're going to get one. So does he make a living off of this? You think? Probably. He probably works for Pixar <laughs> at this point. You know, if he's connecting their their dots and they're like, all right, well, how do we continue this? Yeah, and the A one one three, right? Uh, yeah, that's that, the the studio they the, shoot out yeah, of. Yeah, it's the the animation studio. So Man, that's that, that's the biggest. That's a hell of a theory. It's a big theory out there, and it is. You know, it's. It's plausible. It's also it, it's pretty science fiction when you break it down. It's it, you know the not every like Toy Story isn't, but you know Wally is. Well, Buzz is a space adventurer. Yeah, and there's aliens. So and there's Pizza Planet, a planet I would live on. The overarching theme of it, it kind of is because it's like the evolution of some of the animals and you know time travel and yeah, the evolution of of the the universe. Yeah, to make it work, not all of it is. You know, a lot of it's fanciful, but to uh, to get to get to the, like the whole th- theory, it is kind of a. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's impressive. Yeah. Like you know, we and you and I've talked about it before, but like when we're looking up fan theories, like the Jar Jar Binks fan theory comes up a lot, and that's a bullshit fan theory. Like that's just like you said, plausible, trying to make that him seem plausible. Yeah. But when you have a theory like that, the Jar Jar Binks theory doesn't hold any candle to yeah. it. It's just like. Jar Jar Binks theory is based on like four scenes, you know, yeah. like, and it, it, I think it's made to make us older people who are mad that yeah. he exists. Like, okay, well, but what if he was a Sith? Yeah. And if he was, he'd be a lousy Sith. Yeah. So I, he, I, I hate that. He theory. would be the worst Sith. Yeah. But you know, everybody has their theory about something, and I found a theory about Luke's. Aunt and uncle. All right. I'm sure you've read it, right? Well, probably. Uh, that stormtroopers didn't kill Luke and oh. uh, Luke's uncle. Aunt, uh, it was Uncle Ben and Aunt Beru. Yeah. Why does everybody have an Uncle Ben? I don't know. Spider Man has Uncle Ben. Luke has Uncle Ben. And then there's go, a theory. Work they, on it. Yeah. They go on a quest. <laughs> but so the whole thing, if you go back to a New Hope, where Darth Vader's talking about uh, talking to the bounty hunters, and I think Bosk is there, Boba Fett, IG88, all those. He says no disintegrations, and he he's like chastising Boba Fett because Baru and Ben were disintegrated. Right. So, and you hide where? Like, what better place to hide your your son, but on your home world where you were cultivated? Yeah. And now your family, your quote unquote family, is dead. You know, I think that Boba Fett, and this theory thinks that Boba Fett uh, killed him as well. Oh. What do you think? Because like that's a blip, about it, that's but, a blip in the universe. Like yeah, that just if it weren't for that stupid droid, then we would have been fine. Like nothing would have happened. You know, if he didn't blow up, Star Wars is over. Yeah, like, it's a, like, <laughs> we wouldn't even be part of it. But now you you know yeah, thinking about it and you know I have it up here now. Uh, 
may, well, I mean, there's the the common joke. Um, you know, Star Troopers can't hit any, or Star Troopers can't hit anybody. Yeah, and they still can't. Right. I mean, we're what seventy or not seventy years, but like what forty years into the future, and they they still suck. To kill two people inside of a home, you'd have to send ten thousand stormtroopers. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, and and Boba Fett was on Tatooine at the time. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because. Uh, yeah. We, he He's was, a mercenary. He was yeah. on. He was on on duty, and you know, you you get that. It's that scene in New Hope where Darth Vader is just chastising him. And he's like, it's like a father talking about, mm. talking to his son, like, hey, what did I tell you? Yeah, it does make a lot of sense, actually. Because, you know, this is, they talk about, there's a lot of, there was actually a lot of scenes, or, or like, dialogue from Boba Fett cut on. Yeah. That's, you know. So, maybe. And, you know, this could be, this theory probably is somebody who's a diehard Mandalorian fan, diehard Boba Fett right. fan, who's like, we need to make him more of a cult, more uh, less of a cult phenomena, and more of a, a pillar in the Star Trek. Yeah, Charles like he universe. actually was. I don't. I like Boba Fett, but I, like I'm like everybody. I don't understand why I like Boba Fett, but I've always liked Boba Fett. I think it's just aesthetics. Yeah, he he was different than everything else. He's he's got the muted kind of military colors. He's a bounty hunter. Yeah, and he'll kill you. And he wasn't in any way like intimidated by Darth Vader. Not one bit. No, Lurk Vader didn't like affect him at all, and like you know, you know his backstory now because of the prequels, right? So throwing him and Jango Fett, I think that was more of just like, all right, people want more Boba Fett. How do we give him more Boba Fett? We give him his dad. Yeah. His dad's got a cool costume. Now we need a backstory of what's going on with Boba Fett from Phantom Menace to you know New Hope. What was he doing? Yeah, are we supposed to just kind of guess? And if if this theory holds any weight, it's not like the Negroni theory at all because this is just like a, it was like a two paragraph article. <laughs> but if this holds any theory or any weight, Boba Fett is now a pillar in the Star Wars universe because essentially he started it. Yeah, he kind of did. Because if it's if it weren't, it's like Bruce Wayne. So we don't know who killed Bruce's parents, right? Unless you read the comics, like everyone else is talking, like the Joker might have done it, someone Zaz might have did it. But we know it was like the the mob member that was kind of in a in a pickle. You get to a point where his parents, Bruce Wayne's parents, die. He goes on and becomes Batman. Yeah. Luke didn't have any parents. He had Baru and Ben, and they went out there and they died. Well, so let's kind of break it down a little bit and think about it. Uh, stormtroopers, aside from them not being able to hit anything, we've seen stormtroopers shoot people before, yeah. even with their heavy blasters and everything else. They don't disintegrate people. No. They never do it. No, it's just a it, flesh wound. Yeah, well, yeah, it's kind of like a lightsaber stab. Yep. Yeah. It you, goes you right get, through. And, and you get cauterized. Yeah. And I keep calling him Ben. His name's Owen. Yeah. I got confused with Spider-Man. <laughs> so before all the Star Wars... Owen and Star Baru, War, yeah. yeah. Before all the Star Wars fans come, the 51st, or 501 Union comes out at me. <laughs> yeah, because now we're taking a kill away from him. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think they actually thinking about it because they, you see, you see, you know, somebody accidentally die from getting shot by a stormtrooper, yeah. and they don't like it. They don't this that kind of like, and in the scene that they show in one of the articles, they are down to the, like, like a a, a red skeleton. Yeah, it's so, one of the most gruesome deaths in in the all first. Of, in, yeah, yeah well, actually, yeah, probably all of them until you know you see him get cut up on the. Uh, planet uh until you see anakin get yeah. destroyed but yeah it, it's pretty gruesome yeah that's uh it's not the work of a stormtrooper no and if it is is it like is there a special order of stormtroopers that like go out there like the like the marines you know what i mean well because stormtroopers wouldn't even bother doing this much damage yeah if they shot them that'd be it and they walk away like yeah and this is a message yeah like hey look at what just happened that's not the work of yeah, the stormtroopers are, you know, for all the jokes aside, you know, we're, we're told that they are a highly trained, an organized army. And, yeah, you know, you see that in, like, the, the animated stuff. Yeah. But and look at Finn. He was a stormtrooper, and now he has a lightsaber. Yeah. So, mm. I mean, they could do this, but they never have, and they wouldn't need a reason to. Because, you know, once they get the job done, they're, they're, the next. their literal job is done. They walk away. They just And if they were told just to kill him, there's no reason to... 
disintegrate them. Yeah. So. If Darth Vader's gathering all of the bounty hunters in the world, yeah, you know, I'm sure Greedo was in there at one point before he died. My favorite character, but I'm sure all of them are. If he's gathering them all, bounty hunters have a code, but they also have competition. So if Boss is going out there and he's killing more people than Boba Fett for Darth Vader, then Boba Fett wants to make a uh, send a message like, listen, right. you're sending me out there to kill the people that are watching your son, and this is what I did. I'm the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. Yeah, you pay me more, give me more. I'll go out there and I'll kill anybody. I'll yeah. go and kill Leia. I know she's out there. I'll kill her. We too. don't know what we don't know is who else was on the planet. Yeah, I mean, but we know Boba Fett was there from, from like the added scene, yeah. right? From special editions of. Uh, and then yeah, and I see where he says no disintegration. So that makes a lot of sense to me, actually. I never thought about it. And that's what these fan theories are. You just never think about it. Yeah. Somebody does, though. It hits somebody in the face, and you're like, oh, yeah, let me uh, throw this together. Right. Because Baru and, and Owen, not Ben, were <laughs> they weren't, like, huge characters. Right. I guess that was supposed to, you know, gauge the audience on how sad their deaths were. And, you know, you feel that Luke Skywalker's mission is justified. His family was killed. He's got to go out there and find his family. But, like, right. at, at that point... Luke Skywalker is not menacing. He's not a hero. He's a bo- he's a boy. So I would have liked more of. I wish that would have been touched on. If this is if this is a theory that is plausible, I would have liked that banter between Boba and Luke a little more. Yeah, that's I guess where it falls apart. Is why wouldn't? I mean, you got to think Boba knows, right? Right. So why wouldn't he? But he doesn't say anything. Well, he does. Yeah, it, it would be nice if. They, we get this Boba Fett movie or series, yeah, and they touch on that and they go back to it and like, okay, this is what the the nerds want. Boba's gonna kill Baru and Owen, and then we go on from there. Well, here's what I'll say about Star Wars. Um, this is negative, I guess. For as huge and as important as they say the fan base is, they don't listen to a lot of what the fan base tells them to do. Yeah, like you feel that other places. They'll do a little gentle nod to the fan base, but they don't really do it here yeah. in Star Wars. They they have a plan, though. So, I mean, I guess that's their thing. Is we have, they have a plan. They know with or without their, you know, jerking the fan base off, they're going to come and see everything. Yep. Buy, everybody's going to buy the every figure, action figure, pop, every comic All the book. porgs. Yeah. I have a porg. I'm all about it. <laughs> a BB-8 robot. I have one of those, too. <laughs> I'm I'm one of those thirty year old suckers that they're they're so, hoping for. I, I you know whether or not they they do anything for the fan base. The movies, they, I guess, is what I'm saying is the movies are you know they're entertaining enough that people yeah, are gonna. You go don't and see need them. to glad hand the fan base yeah, to, because like a, a theory that I had and I know we've talked about it and I talked about it on the other podcast is that I want Lando Calrissian to attend Han's funeral, right? And, you know, he's... I don't think they took the body. Did they... It's been a while since I saw Force Awaken. Yeah, I, I don't think Chewie carried the body and they took it back. So there may not be a funeral. But I think that there should be a funeral or a memorial for Han because he's such a pillar in the universe. And Lando Calrissian should come back. Yeah. And I'm not alone on that. A lot of people no, wanted I think, it. I think... Billy D wanted it. And he's not back. Yeah. And there's a weird theory that sent me through another rabbit hole that Finn is... A child of Lando Calrissian and Leia. That'd be no, because like, why is he so important in this universe? Oh, I have my own fan theory about Finn. Well, touch on it. I think he's Mace Windu's son. Okay, because Finn Windu. I, I, and well, that's why I think people notice oh. him and find him. I think that's why he. You know, was drawn to the lightsaber a little bit. Yeah, and he's like, he's one of the leads in this movie. Right. And if his whole backstory is, I'm just a ex-stormtrooper. You know, but hey, okay, I mean, if that's the case, he just came to his senses, but... Yeah, but... I mean, Han Solo is really just an ex-Navy guy. Yeah. You know, who starts smuggling, so... Is he our next Han Solo? Maybe I was hoping I was hoping that Oscar Isaac's character was going to be Poe. It just doesn't seem like he is though. No, he's more of a wedge Antilles than me. And we didn't see him. We only had a couple glimpses of a lot of people. A lot of people want Oscar Isaac's and John Boyega's character to fall in love. I mean, anything's possible in space. Anything's possible in space, and we're a lot more progressive as a society. So 
Yeah. I don't go, see why not. Go for it. Whatever. There's some love interest in there. Yeah. But it seems like this Rose Tycho character that's coming to The Last Jedi has caught Finn's eye, too. All right. But well, that's... I, and the only reason I think that is because he's just a, you know... I, he doesn't need to be. But if he's... I, in my mind, if he's going to be related to anybody... First of all... I, I like uh, the theory. Calrissian's a light-skinned black guy. Yeah. John, and Leia's a white woman. So I think... John Boyega's a little too dark. Yeah, he's just he's just too dark for that to happen. Yeah. I don't know how the genetics would work, and maybe it... But usually when... I, I, I've met some mixed-race people, a lot of them, and... Yeah. They generally air towards a little lighter skin. I, I would like... I would like there be, to be like a subtle purple nod to right. Finn in, in this upcoming episode. Look, I don't know, and what all I mean, I don't have the Negroni, you know, storyline or you don't know, worry, we will notes to go off. That's of, next episode. I, I just uh, if he is related to anybody, I hope it's Mace through some means, and he was just hidden, or he was before Mace Windu became. He could, you know, these guys are Jedi. Mace Windu's backstory is he. Did a lot of like he was always on the brink of dark side. Yep. Like, and he touched it a lot of times. So th- these guys are all Jedi masters that could go out there and just have an illegitimate child right. and put him in Stormtrooper Academy. That, yeah. That's really all. And Mace Windu traveled the galaxy, training in different academies and different, yeah. you know, styles. So I, I, li- I like that theory, and it holds better weight than he's a that, he's a Skywalker solo. That would be the best, and the I mean. They should try to fit it in there somehow, but yeah. If you want to tie, like, if you want to get the new Star Wars fans that are watching it now because it's popular again, to go back and watch the prequels and be like, oh, now it all connects. That's the best way to do it. When did it happen? Well, it would have happened twenty five years ago or whatever. Yeah, and the timeline, like for Star Wars, and again, this is a rabbit hole again. But the whole timeline is how? Where are we in the time? Like the movie wise, it's forty years. Yeah. Okay. But. It doesn't mean it has to be forty years. You know what I mean? Set in the the scheme of things, like the release date of forty years is is where we're at. But for the movie, is like could Ray be a a, a Kenobi? Uh, like you know, was Sir Alan Guinness going out there and just his time? Guys? But after uh, Kenobi went into hiding, he had plenty of time to have a kid. Exactly. And the argument is, well, you know, that would make Ray in her forties. He well, no, not really, because yeah, we we don't know. No, well, we don't know how fast they they age in space. We know that Luke and Leia aged, and Han they aged because of time, but we don't know what what the timeline in the movies truly is. Like, how far away are we from? Yeah, I guess because if you say he's already dead, no, and then forty years happen, so I guess it can't be a Kenobi. But if are we assuming that The Force Awakens is 40 years after or the end of the trilogy? Or is it like it could be 10 years later? A Kenobi grandchild. Yeah. Cause, There's another theory about I mean, he's lived in the... I mean, he was a Jedi and he was celibate and all that stuff. Yeah. So, but, I mean, he could have had... Yeah, Luke was a Jedi and he has, he has a kid. We yeah. haven't seen yet. And, you know, Luke is a... You know, Anakin was being bred to be a Jedi. Right. He had a kid. But they, they're bad. They're bad Jedi. Yeah. So, whereas they're the last Jedi. Kenobi was supposed to be the good Jedi. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's the monk of the of the group. But right. the, the theory I have about Rey, and that's not on my list, is that maybe she was bred kind of like how Anakin was, like like a lab, uh, like a test tube kind of baby. Yeah, one uh, Jesus. Yeah. Allegory, and I think that maybe that's how we get Rey, but. That's neither here nor there. You have another theory. That's oh. probably better than mine. So oh, okay. what's, what's your next theory? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, this one's a pretty new one, and I think everybody likes it because it it's the best way to tie an old and a new movie together. Um, it's Mad Max is the the young feral kid from the Road Warrior. Okay. I don't know. Did you ever see the Road Warrior? Yes. Okay. You know the little kid that throws the boomerang? Mm-hmm. Doesn't talk, but he grunts. Well, the new Mad Max, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy Mad Max, is him. Did you put this on my list, on your list, just so we could talk about Tom Hardy? Because you know where I stand <laughs> with Tom Hardy. I think this was intentional. Uh, so, well, the problem is, uh, 
uh, George Miller has written it, this is is not a remake or a reboot. It is a continuation, okay. but he's never addressed the the little feral kid. Yeah, it just it's not the same. It's not. It's obviously well. We can't say obviously because they'll do things like that all the time and make them. It's not the same Mad Max as in. This is just along the timeline. Yeah. Somebody else took up the mantle. And it really doesn't mean anything. He can be called Max and drive the car and do the same things. And, but we, you know, the the theory says that the little kid, once he was saved, idolized Max. Yeah, and that's where I was coming with it. Because if you think Feral, I, I, my mind goes to Feral cats, uh, you don't give them names. Right. So if you have a Feral child in, in a wasteland like uh, Mad Max universes, you're not gonna, that kid's not going to get a name. And yeah. if he's going to get a name, it's going to be something like Boomerang because that's what he throws. So with him, he could see Mad Max and you could be like, my name's Max. Like that, right. Everybody kept yelling, we have to watch out for Max. We have to go watch out yeah. for Max. That's the only name that he heard throughout everything. So he becomes Max. Well, I, I like it. They have a relationship. Max saves him, yep. like personally saves him, and the kid saves Max. Yeah. And, and Tom Hardy was kind of feral in the, the movie. Right. Because it's called Mad Max, but Furiosa was the, the lead. Yeah. So you don't get a backstory well, on Tom Hardy, compared to Mel Gibson, yeah. is a lot less vocal. Yeah, he's more of a prisoner in, yeah. in most of the whole movie. And yeah. it's all about building up the, the female so, dynamic. I, I think it's uh, it could be. Um, there's some odd flashbacks, you know. So we'll say yeah, and the fact that Max has such a connection and that he knows everything of the whole world. Yeah. Like, we don't get any backstory, really, of, of him. Like, how does he know everything? Like, how, where has he come from? What is he, what is what has he been doing? Why is he so dangerous and why is he so good at what he does? Yeah. We don't see that. You know, and some of the people say the cons are his outfit is totally different. Oh, God forbid. But is he going to wear a child's outfit throughout the whole... It's... 35 years after so and they're scavengers and they, they take whatever they can mad max through the three movies that mel gibson was in his alpha changed in every movie i mean yeah. it, it stayed kind of the same but then like pieces fall apart and it's leather and the sun so it's gonna and he never throws a boomerang that's the other big con okay i mean it was his his thing and if you know how to throw a boomerang that good like he was cutting people's hands off and stuff yeah. so but he wasn't. It, there wasn't a point where he needed, or he was at a point where he could throw a boomerang. Right. It most of his scenes either took place in a car, or strapped to a car. Right. So you know when he's strapped down, he can't throw. A or boomerang. maybe he gets his hands on a gun and he's just like, yeah. "This is a lot easier." Yeah. Screw the boomerang. Yeah. You know, it comes back to me, but I can just shoot that guy and he's dead. Yeah. So uh, you know, Miller doesn't. He hasn't backed it, but there's a lot of good evidence that these two are related. I dig it. And that's, you know, it's... When something like this happens, it's up to us to say, do we want to believe it? And I kind of do. I would, too. Yeah. It, especially when you have a movie that comes out so far apart from each other. How do they connect? Yeah. You know, you can't just say it's a continuation because it's set 20 years later. Well, what's good about this is the the kid would be probably Tom Hardy's age. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I you know, without going into IMDb and seeing the actor and whatever, I'm not going to do all that. But, but it came, Mad Max came out what, like around like eighty four, eighty five. Yeah. Well, uh, Road Warrior came out. Yeah, probably like late eighties. Okay, so you have. I was born in eighty seven. I'm thirty now. Yeah, it's probably around thirty three, thirty four, thirty five. Maybe. How old was the kid? Do you think? He was probably. I'm looking at a picture of him. He was probably. Yeah, he was probably like nine at the most. Okay, so he's Tom Hardy's age. Yeah. I like it. So I'm with it. Are you, so are you on board with it? I I like it. Uh, it's what I'm going to choose to believe until they either give me, you know, in the next. Hopefully, there's another Mad Max movie and we see, you know, that it's not. Yeah. Because until they disprove it, I'm just I know that's not what you're supposed to do, but I'm just going to believe it. I'm going to believe it too. I think there has to be a Mad Max movie after how popular oh, yeah. critically uh, Fury Road was. Yeah. And Furious is still alive in it, so you can continue with uh, Charlize Theron. And Tom Hardy is obviously a, a big draw for people. Yeah. He's a big draw for me. So, well, I, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of what they do. I mean, this led to them thinking there's a better place to go. Yes. Yeah, so so maybe they get out of the desert, search for a utopia. Yeah, they kind of get into. I mean, this is all still Australia, yeah. as far as they're concerned. So maybe they get to the ocean. And yeah. They, the Gold know, Coast. Yeah. 
I would like to see more. Uh, it more. turns the theory is it turns into water world as soon as I get to the water. Oh, okay. Maybe no, that's me. But well, we got a nice little Kevin Costner. <laughs> he was in Waterworld, right? Yeah. Val Kilmer was too, right? I don't think so. No, Val Kilmer was in uh, Willow yeah. that had a an intense scene involving water. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. But well, I'm on board with it too. I'd like to hear on our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter what our our listeners think too, because. Yeah, theories, man. We need if we can get a bigger community, <laughs> we'll be able to do more theories on here. All right. So my next theory um, involves Han Solo, who we talked about. All right. There's a theory that he uses the Force without even knowing it. Really? Yeah. I never heard of that one. So you, if you think about what makes Han Solo, Han Solo is he's lucky. Okay. But in in a galaxy where he might know parts of the galaxy, but he gets tied up with a Sith. A dark, like one of the strongest Sith with yeah. Darth Vader, he he just he's not just willed into the group. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be something underlying that gets him in there. Yeah, so time how, like does time his luck place, run out? Yeah. Well, that's kind of when I was doing research, I found, and it, it reminds me of it. Like, there's a, a theory that the Joker actually has a superpower, mm-hmm. and his superpowers is, is just perfect timing. Yeah. He, and that's how he just casually walks through the world, ignoring all the lunacy that's going on around him, and he just never gets caught, never gets beat, and he kind of gets bored of not being able to get beat. Yeah. And the only, you know, Batman is, it takes extremes amounts of, like, planning and, 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 you know, flies all over the world to just get, you know, figure out a way to... You know, get the Joker's level. Yeah, and there's there's like a total the, ob- obsession between the two of them. Yeah. Like they feed, they need each other to be plausible or to be, you know, to be coexist or to live at, at this so. point. There's a there's a comic series right now called The White Knight, Batman the White Knight, where the Joker is not the Joker anymore. He's just his he's dropped the persona and he's normal. I think his name is Jack. Uh, so he's Jack, but he's still crazy and he's still he's kind of like in Hey Arnold where Helga has like that. Arnold shrine in her closet. <laughs> the Joker has a shrine of Batman. Like we need each other. Yeah. And if without you, I'm nothing. And without me, you're nothing. Yeah. But I think with tying it back to Han Solo, a lot of people say that he's force sensitive. Like he he well, okay, gravitates yeah. towards the force. So I, there has to be underlying. You know. Yeah, I mean, we know that force sensitive people exist. Yeah. So and in every canon, they've always been like just people who don't use it but yeah. i guess if if you're a human because there's a lot of beasts that are force sensitive yeah but if you're a human that's force sensitive aren't you on the brink of becoming a force user uh, that's, that's what i'm thinking yeah and how how lucky is this guy to be at the right place at the right time every time right you know what I mean? he's a smuggler but now he's turned into a space captain a hero getting the congressional awards like the galaxy yeah. awards like and he doesn't want any of it yeah but he still does it. Yeah. Like we see in Force Awakens, he goes back to help Leia and yeah. Finn and Ray, where he could have just turned them in like they were one criminal. Well, talking about Force sensitive, Force user, in in uh, the Force Awakens, and when Han dies, spoiler. Oh, man. Um, you see Leia react to it. Yes. So she's a Force sensitive, Force user, right? Well, well, we always thought she would eventually become... My whole thought is that she's a Jedi. Yeah. Just, we haven't seen it yet. And yeah. we'll probably never see it I because mean, no, Carrie yeah. Fisher's dead. But if you're the spawn of powerful Jedi turned Sith, yeah. the Force has to be strong in you. Yeah. And your brother just doesn't inherit all the Force. You know, it's yeah. spread apart. So I think my theory is that she's a Jedi still. And yeah. she immediately felt when Han died. Yeah, well... Just to come up with a theory about yeah. that, my theory about it was she either felt when Han died or she felt her son go completely dark side. Okay. Because he was fighting it, and then at that moment, I think he went total dark side. Either way, because, you know, all Force users can feel the light in the dark, mm-hmm. but or maybe she felt both. My, my whole... I want to know... It has to be the first scene in... Last Jedi with Luke and Ray, where she he goes, I know why you're here. Han is dead. 
Yeah. Because if if Leia felt the force, whether it be with Kylo or with Han, Luke had to feel it because he's stronger than she is. Right. So or I'm, knows how to use it more yeah. than. Yeah, and in, in my mind, I think that people who are strong with the force attract people who are worthy of the force. Right. You know what I mean? So Ray attracted like yeah uh, Finn. Han attracted or Luke attracted Han like and that's why they work together so my whole thing it he's not a Jedi I don't think he'll ever be he would ever have ever been a Jedi but I think that he has the force but he just didn't know it because hmm. the force is essentially like the Green Lantern a little bit yeah like where if you will it it's possible he had no will he just had a way so if you don't have a will like he's just like oh we'll get through it because I've gotten through it he had that cocky arrogance yeah of, I've done this well, before. At some point, he was able to, you know, resolve that he's lucky. Yeah. He does say that often. You yeah. Know? And then, at some point, because he figured his luck took him so far that he had to start to become good. Yeah. And that mixed together, and that's how he, like, I've seen every situation. I've lived it all. Do you think he saw that situation of his son stabbing him with a lightsaber? Uh, I think, well, like... I, I think that's just writing. Like, we need to kill Han because yeah. um, Harrison Ford is practically dying on... Every single set, movie, yeah. he breaks, yeah, literally breaks back. everything. Yeah, he's crashing into helicopters and shit. But, like, they needed something to make Kylo turn. Yeah. And I think that was the best. If You know, he, you see him fighting it, and then... Whether Kylo... Here, here's what we could say. Like, whether Kylo was completely dark at that time or just can't like succumb to an urge yeah i think the end result is now he's completely dark like, and my so i'm gonna jump ahead to the theory that i thought of i think he completely flip-flops i think he becomes i think he saves leia really uh in this movie and he becomes a jedi not well not a jedi but he atones for what he's done he sees the way and he starts to move towards light because he struggled. Through. He's like the most bipolar person in the Star Wars universe, right? Where he's a pawn. He's you know, Snoke is the is the leader. Then there's Hux, and then there's Kylo. And Kylo's got his cult, but we don't see the cult. You know what I mean? But I think Ray's gonna make the the turn to the dark side. It goes back to my theory that she was, um, yeah. she was bred in like a, a lab that her parents aren't really who she thinks she is. And I think that Snoke is Anakin's dad. Oh, really? It's a character we've never seen. And they've said that, right? Yeah. Hmm. And, well, Andy Serkis has said it, and then Luke Skywalker, uh, Mark Mark Hamill has come out and said that he's Snoke. And, like, <laughs> that absolutely could be plausible. Like, he's on an island doing his own thing. He can project as another yeah. person. But, well, we talked, and I told you what my theory is about it all. I think mm-hmm. just in the title alone, I had to figure out what is The Last Jedi. And, I, you know, I think... The thing that everybody's been fighting is good and bad, dark and light, but it's never, ever, ever worked. And all the canons, so I think they completely do away with the Jedi. Luke says there can be no more Jedi. Yeah. I have to be the last Jedi. What that means is that that doesn't mean everybody goes bad. Yeah. It means everybody goes gray. Yeah. And that's the best way you could fight bad or evil. Is one, And once you get rid of Snoke and once you get rid of Kylo, I think... Ren can be yeah, Rick. just a good person, a force user, yeah. force capabilities, but taps into both like her, her emotions. She doesn't have to... So, so like an anti-hero. Yeah, but she doesn't have to go through... She can embrace her her hatred and her anger and all yeah. that other stuff. Well, she doesn't... We really don't see a lot yeah, of emotion from her. We don't... Yeah. She doesn't actually have any of those emotions, so that might be the... The reason why it doesn't happen because she doesn't seem like she gives a shit about yeah. anything. And she could be a lab rat, right? And you know, she she could be kind of like how they wanted to take Qui Gon, where he was a secret Sith, but he was more great. He was like a gray Jedi, and, yeah. And that could be Ray. Ray could be a a, a descendant of Qui Gon, um, because I know he was a quite popular character. But I, my theory is that she was born in some sort of a lab, uh, and Anakin's father is hmm. Snoke. Well, do you it, think it he makes? Do you think it. he would make the turn in the next movie? I think who, who Kylo. Yeah, and then the third is them. Yeah, I think ending it. I think how it's gonna 
this movie's going to end is with Leia dying. Okay. Uh, and Kylo had tr- already saved. We see, like, the way the trailer's cut is Kylo's in the... I think he's in the... Um, he's, in, he's in a ship. Uh, a TIE fighter. Yeah. And I believe he... They make it look like he's going to destroy Leia's uh, ship. I think he saves her. Goes back. Snoke is more infatuated with Rey because the Force is stronger with her. And we do see her... She does wind up in... With Kylo. Yeah. And at some he, point. he reaches out to her like, hey, yeah. don't join them. Like, I'm no. leaving that. Join me. Because, you know, he, he's the third wheel. Because yeah. it's this whole love affair between Hux and and Snoke. So if you can get Kylo out of there, they're just... They're setting him up to die. Like, yeah. I could see Kylo dying in this movie. Yeah. And you're because like how many villains do you need? He's the, not Darth Vader. The only reason I think they keep Kylo and Ren right. throughout the whole trilogy is if you go back to like the original, you go all the way back to the when for like I think it's a comic book. Maybe it was in a like the Dark Horse stuff. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe it was in some of the animated recent animated stuff. There is the original light side and dark side user. Like it's the a man and a woman. Yeah, okay, they're so like think, the gods. They're the. So you the, think it brings it back to that? Yeah. They, they, so and they've done that trope throughout the whole. It kind of exists through everything. All yeah, and you, you've had that trope. You had Leia and Luke. Yeah. Who Luke could act, abs, absolutely turn. Yeah. Uh, and then you had Padma and Anakin. So you have you to Kylo and Rey. It makes sense. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I the the good thing about Star Wars is it's all pretty plausible. Yeah. We don't really know, you know. And, I, and for the most part, like everybody who has a theory is normally on the same page with other people. The only crazy theory is that Jar Jar Binks was a Sith. Like every time yeah. I'm reading it, it's like, okay, Luke's gonna do this. I saw one that was like, Luke ate porgs while on the on the island. I'm like, <laughs> of course he ate porgs on the island. He had to. If and they they made it seem the porgs are the puffin version of yeah. uh, for Star Wars, and uh, I talked about it on the other podcast, but. Um, Puffins are native to where they shot Star Wars, so if they put them in there, you're going to eat them. <laughs> yeah, like you're, yeah. they, they're big puffins. You're going to eat them. <laughs> if it was a penguin, you'd have to eat it if you need to survive. He's not up there eating rocks and grass because he looked like he packed on a few pounds since <laughs> return. So, Do you have any other theories? Uh, yeah. I, well, I figured we'd do a top five, and then we'll get to our the ones that... Well, you already talked about yours, but... Um, yeah, so we're, what, we're on four? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, this is one I really like, and I never heard of it. And uh, let me, uh, so uh, it includes actually two of my favorite characters. Okay. Uh, it says Spock is a descendant of Sherlock. And, oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. And this is because of four lines that are said or repeated. Like one of Sherlock's most famous quotes is. If you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. And then um, Spock says that in an uh, undiscovered country. The original Leonard Nimoy says it. <clears throat> and then when they say, who said that? He says, an ancestor of mine came up with it. So... Then when you ha- that that's actually a line that came out of a couple of uh, Sherlock's books and in, and Sherlock Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock he actually says it on the show. Okay. And when somebody asked him where he came up with it, he goes, "I heard Spock say it on on Star Trek." Hmm. Then the new st- uh, Spock has said it. Zachary Quinto. Yeah, and then he and when somebody says, "Where'd you come up with that?" he said, oh, "I saw it on Sherlock." Huh. Or Sherlock Holmes came up with it. So. You know, that's the two of them batting it back and forth. But then you have, you know, the original Leonard Nimoy Spock in the movie, like, I think, third movie, says, my ancestor came up with it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just based on a bunch of coincidental lines. Yeah. But, and they're both, you know, logic characters. And yeah. it is a cool saying, so. And Spock is like a detective. Yeah. Where he's trying to be as logical as possible. And he's half human. Yeah. So... It's not that crazy to think that, you know, the most logical being in Star Trek universe came is a descendant of Sherlock Holmes. That's intense. I wasn't expecting that one. That, yeah, I like it though. I think that would be really cool. 
and Kirk is more of a Watson. Like they're not <laughs> like they're not connected. Those yeah. two aren't connected, but you could see the the, the trope. But yeah, he's he's like Watson. He's like Watson. Yeah, he's more of well, Watson was a doctor, but he, okay. You know. So is, would Bones be the Watson? Because I think Watson kind of goes in there haphazardly sometimes. Yeah, no, and that's what yeah. Kirk does. I don't think he, yeah, but he's a doctor just because he was, you know, was he had to be military. smart enough to, to hang with. So I don't think you need to be a doctor to be Watson. I think you just need to be smart just so you could, like, understand some of the things yeah. that are going on, but also understand where your place is in the pecking order. And then, yeah, you could do your haphazard, you know, likes to get involved with women. Yep. Because Watson was the same. Well, Watson got married, but before that, he was a he was yeah. a ladies' man. So, I think it. I mean, I don't think anybody ever made that connection. And I like Sherlock. I like Sherlock a lot. Yeah, so do I. And I like to find. I like to see Sherlock Holmes in a lot of things. Whenever, like, figure out who's the Sherlock and who's the Watson. Some places it's real easy because they're direct ripoffs. Like yeah, like Batman the, and Alfred. Yeah, or Batman and Robin. Yeah. Well, and the TV show House. Yeah. Is like basically a direct ripoff of Sherlock and Watson, but. It's kind of a detective trope at this point, but I never saw this. And when I read it, I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense, actually. So, Spock is related to Sherlock. I, I, I like it. I think it's... Uh, Even though Sherlock didn't is not a real person. but Well, neither is Spock. <laughs> yeah. So, we're, 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 in the, we're in the right. And, you know, through the lineage, Spock, you know, if only Ancestry.com could help <laughs> us. But, you know, I, I would like to see it. I would like that to be a pretty cool tie-in. Yeah. Or maybe in the new, uh, the new uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, Star Wars, Star Trek movie, there's a line where Spock says something Sherlocky, yeah. and Kirk says, "Well, no shit, Sherlock." And then it's like, "Oh my god, they touched on on the fan theory." But I think our, hopefully, our listeners are taking this and going to Reddit and making fan fiction of Sherlock yeah. and and uh, Spock because now it's going to be gross. Yeah, it's going to be something you don't want to read. But as we're winding down, because we're we're approaching that hour, why don't we go into your uh, your theory that you have? All right. So my I, theory I've is I've been to through Star Wars nauseam, and I don't want to <laughs> bore people because we have a Last Jedi episode coming up after we see it. So uh, a, a big touch, uh, one that actually became true because of the fan theory is uh, Stan Lee. Stan Lee is uh, the Watcher. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's pretty cool that they address that because you don't see that too often, and they made it happened that was a huge moment in guardians too. yeah like when that happened my fangirl came out like it was showing <laughs> it was it was it was amazing because you, you they said it was all connected yeah and you know it's really cool and now yeah. he well that happening makes uh it's a, it's a linear line that runs through all the movies mm-hmm. and it has him you know securely pegged in all of them even when he made the cameo in shield yeah, and then come Christmas when because uh, Disney is at the finish line with uh, acquiring Fox, they're saying yeah. that a news can break that Disney gets all the properties. So that could tie into X Men, gifted yeah. all of his cameos in in uh, in Deadpool when he's working at the strip club. You know, it, <laughs> it could tie into everything. It's it's a it's a beautiful world we're living in as far as uh, Stan Lee being the Watcher. Yeah. All right. Let's so hear yours. My personal one is uh, it's about a character who's not like. He's not a main character on uh, uh, Star Trek. Okay. It's Miles O'Brien. And Miles O'Brien starts in The Next Generation as a... Uh, as a, um, He's the trans, uh, transporter um, chief. Yes. And he's a chief. He's not He's not an enlisted officer. Or he's not a... He's an enlisted man. He's not an officer. Uh, something about Miles' backstory. I mean, you learn more about his backstory in uh, Deep Space Nine. He actually goes on to Deep Space Nine... From being a transporter chief, he goes and becomes a chief engineer, a, right? A, a chief engineer at a station, space station. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's I a re- big leap. I remember us talking about this on our Deep Space Nine. So, oh, sorry. And uh, he's kind of he's not bumbling, but he's he isn't competent. He just, but he doesn't have much of a job. And there's actually a whole like web comic about Miles O'Brien because all he does is he sits and hits a button people transport so my idea was he once you get to ts9 you learn that he's actually like he's fought in a ton of wars on the ground as like you know uh gunfights and stuff like this against the cardassians and other people so he actually is a pretty competent war fighter 
my idea is there's a, a thing called Section 31, and yes. we've talked about it. It'd be great as a movie, but Section 31 is like a clandestine. It's in the charter. It's in the Starfleet charter. So somebody organized it, but it's so like top secret. Nobody knows where it started. Yeah, we talked about this in uh, our state of sci-fi, where I made the connection to X Files, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, basically, it, it. But nobody knows where it started. Nobody knows why it still exists or if it still exists. Um, nobody knows who is in Section Thirty One. Uh, only Section Thirty One members know other Section Thirty One members. So, yeah, it's a, it's like the CIA, but it's a lot deeper than yeah. that. So, my my theory is that Miles is a high ranking undercover Section Thirty One agent. So. This guy that you know fought in wars, it, that's kind of cool and important. But what gets him on the flagship of Starfleet? Yeah. How does he get there? Yeah. And what's the best position for an undercover agent? Now you would think like you can't get a high-ranking yeah, you can't position. Be, you, you can't, can't be, be the captain. You can't be head security officer. Right. I think transporter chief is actually really good because now you get to see every single person that comes on the ship. Yep. And the way the transporters work, you get to see those bio signs, you get to see if they're hiding anything, you get to see where they're coming from. And even in most case, some cases, even if it's um, it's like a need-to-know basis of who's coming on, yeah. he gets included in that need-to-know basis. You don't know why he's coming on, but you see a person that's coming on for some secret thing. Yeah. So he's also a part of that. So he gets to see a lot of like comings and goings, literally, yeah, he, on the ship. He's behind the scenes important. Right. But he's still only a chief, and he's still kind of low-ranking, mm-hmm. which is a great place to hide. Yep. And then you get to say, you get to report back to your superiors at Section 31, hey, this guy came on, this guy came, you know. And we know, like, sometimes it's like, well, we know these two are having a war, or these two had a conflict. Yeah. But now we know both of them are on the flagship. So what's going on? What yeah. what What's the goings on? So that's where I started with it. Like, he could you know, be running things. Yeah. The other thing is he gets injured a lot. Yeah. And he says it's always like, oh, I was here, I was there, I was on, you know, the, I was kayaking on uh, the hollow program or oh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so, not, not not. I think he's getting in, in engagements. And so, he's, and he, to that point, if he's working, he's transporting everybody in, he can neutralize threats. Yeah. And not, and no one has to know about it because he doesn't like, he can say, "All right, well, nothing, nothing happened today." We know, yeah. Well, what we also know is he is able to engineer accidents or engineer something to look like an accident. Mm-hmm. So, if somebody they needed to get rid of was coming onto the ship. There could be a transport accident. Yep. And he, what's going to happen to him? He'll get a write up. Yeah. You know, or I mean, if he's able to fake it. Yeah, and if then he, he fakes it, and, and if says, he's playing like uh, Chief Wiggum from the Simps- Simpsons, where he's just like, "Oh, O'Brien's just the button pusher," yeah, and he's kind of bumbly, right? Then they just blame it on stupidity. It never, it never happened. It's never happened. We didn't see anything like that happen, but it could. Yeah, and he could take out the captain. He could take out. He could when an ambassador's coming on. He could take it out at an ambassador. Yeah. Now you're saying, well, these are you're talking about Starfleet officers. Yeah, we we are, but you know that's kind of the. The job of secret agents is, you know, okay. Well, what if some like somebody that we have a tenuous relationship with, yeah. he could easily take them out that yeah. way. And what if you know Janeway got into some issues? Right? right. Janeway was Deep Space Nine, right? No, she Babylon. Oh, no, no, I'm, she's I'm Voyager. Over. Who's the captain on on Deep Space Nine? The, uh, the African American. Yeah, okay. yeah, the guy. So if he gets a little randy. And he's like, I'm just going to engage, and we're going to hit everybody. Right. Just you neutralize that threat. He he has the capability, and he he's able to pull off spot the spot trans transport. So, at any time, he could take somebody from where they are and put them somewhere else. Yep. And no one has to know about it. Right. So I, I like. I think that's I think a good spot great. for there. Okay, so he goes from a lowly transporter engineer. They put him in charge of engineering on a. Yeah, I. I think it sounds like a big leap to go from you control a button in a room to you control an entire space station. And that's basically what he did yeah. in DS9. He was the engineer that fixed the whole space station. Yeah. So we don't know what's going on, 
But we knew that Space Station was owned by Cardassians. We already said he had a, a history of fighting Cardassians. And we know the Bajorans are there too. And we know there's a lot of unlike a lot of weird things going on. Odo was being found. Odo is a, like a species that no one's ever seen before. Uh, a lot of black market stuff coming in and out due to Quark and a lot of other people. Yeah. And it's a transportation hub. So I think it's easy to say that Section 31 could engineer him to get that position as, a, as the engineer in a space that's like, uh, you know, it's the quadrant is about, it, it's tipsy-turvy. It could yeah. go either way. There could be a war. And I think they got lucky that the wormhole opened and they had a guy on the front lines when the wormhole opened. Now, yeah. So when that wormhole opened, they sent him on like a bunch of undercover missions and stuff. Like literally, like the captain, uh, I'll remember his name after we're done. Yeah. Like, I don't think he knew about his Section 31, but they were able, he was able to safely like go on undercover missions and like blend in or recover things or sabotage stuff. That's a lot to ask for an engineer. Yeah. You know, like. How did you know he was going to be capable of doing those things? And how was he capable? He was capable of doing those things. So, um, so uh, there's a there's actually a point where he actually meets Section Thirty One okay. in the show. And we're still on DS Nine. Yeah. Okay. Well, DS Nine is where his story ends. Okay. With DS Nine, oh, he eventually goes. He eventually goes back to Earth to train. Uh, to uh, train engineers. So that's another good spot for him to actually yeah. wind up in is the place to train cadets to see where they're going to go. And to find new recruits for right. uh, Section 31. So, but his his when we see him actually interact with Section 31, it just so happens that his best friend is Bashir. Okay. Section 31's recruiting Bashir. You don't see Miles recruiting him, but you do see Miles with Bashir at all times. Yeah. And you see him, like, talking to him about Section 31. Not like, he's like, I'll be there, whatever you need, I'll help you. So, it's just a big coincidence yeah. that he gets, you know... Like, your best friend is now being recruited yeah. while you're on the ship. And even when, like, Section 31 came back to, you know, it's a it's a big backstory, but Miles was the guy that went in and, like, was trying to save Bashir and was in his head, like, literally in his mind, in his dreamscape, so... That's my theory is Miles is a high-ranking undercover Section 31 member. And every position that he gets put in is a another place where he could easily affect the outcome of whatever's yeah. going on. So I like it. I like it a lot. And he could recruit now that he's back on Earth. It makes sense. It really makes sense. Yeah. So I'm with you. So that's where I, I'm at with Miles. And I, I don't know. know the whole lineage of Star Trek we've established that but and I think I've mentioned you section 31 like five times already you have in past episodes so and it's something that I've been researching so I am <laughs> I'm becoming more aware with it and you added it to a point of it being a good movie and we're going to touch on this in a, a future episode but the Quentin Tarantino pitched Star Trek movie you and I spoke about and you said that would be a great storyline and then you have the rumor that J.J. Abrams might team with Tarantino yeah. and make something and Patrick Stewart would be... Uh, Patrick Stewart, He yeah. would want to come back, so... Oh, man. It could, I don't know. I mean, what is what is Patrick Stewart going to be? Uh, the the, the storylines could go pretty deep. I mean, yeah. we could have a Q storyline. And with Quentin Tarantino, you have to think it's going to... He said it, it would be rated R. Yeah, it has to And be. I think the only reason that J.J. would want to be there is to make sure that there's something left. Yeah. That you could... if No matter how it turns out... We could do another star, yeah, trip, like, which is which is a good idea. Like Uma Thurman doesn't come in and just start killing right. everybody. And also, it gives like Quentin Tarantino doesn't have experience with science fiction. Yeah, and you think we see, and we'll touch more on this on our, our future episode. I think it might be our first episode of the new year right. uh, when we cover Black Mirror, Star Trek yeah. uh, kind of episode, and this movie. But do you think he brings along his uh, his friends? So we like we see Sam Sammy Jackson, we see Leo. We do you see- have a problem with any of that? No. No, no, I don't either. If anything, it's going to bring more people to watch Star Trek, and, and it's going to be it's going to be great. I hope. Yeah, I saw the same. I think I actually posted it. I believe you did. Yeah, a couple times on like all our pages, and uh, with uh, Patrick Stewart. I hope Quentin Tarantino sees that. I hope Patrick Stewart is able to get his number and say, "I would love to work with." Uh, him. I, I feel like the the respect for both of them, like mutual yeah. respect between the two of them, is huge. 
And if anybody wants to work with Patrick Stewart, yeah, and, and Patrick Stewart expresses interest, you, you jump on it. Yeah, uh, and I don't know how you. Well, he's an older man now. I don't oh, know. If they do a Q storyline. Ian McKellen as Q would be amazing. Right, that would be really cool. Get so, them both in there. I don't know. I don't know how you work the storyline. I don't know what you do. And if you do Q, and this is what I was thinking, kind of, you can't have Patrick Stewart in Abrams' universe. Yeah. Because that it hasn't happened yet. It's many years in the future. Yeah. With Q, who has, he's a super being, who has, like, omniscience and omnipresence and omni, another, omni, omnis. Another timeline. And that he has this infatuation with Picard, yeah. Patrick Stewart's character. You could have them come back and engage with the other timelines. Yeah. It's that's the one guy I w- I would love to see the Borg in in a Quentin Tarantino movie or the Romulans or the Cardassians yeah. are horrible characters, and they need a rated R movie. Yeah, but I think the only way it makes sense and you continue the timeline and you 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 have it all work is a Q story. I'm down for it. Yeah, I think that would be great. Well, we'll talk about it in 2018. Yeah. But this has been our first uh, and not last fan no. theory episode. Because There's too we, many fan theories yeah, to be the last. We didn't even get through all of ours. Uh, no. We wondered how we'd get it to an hour, and we got through <laughs> five out of ten. So we'll get it back to uh, We'll be back with this type of topic later. But you need to follow us on social media, and then you can be on your way. <laughs> uh, we're on Instagram, Galaxy Wars Podcast, Facebook, Galaxy Wars Podcast. Twitter, the Grays, T H E G R Y S, and we are all over wherever you can find us, uh, find podcasts as the Galaxy Wars podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. See you.